Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. That you are. And today we're going to talk about the Internet of Things or why is my toaster smarter than I am? Well, so I just want to say our personal toaster is not smarter than me. You're calling our toaster stupid. No, although I don't right. understand all the buttons. I do know it doesn't <laughs> communicate with anybody right. else. Okay, well, it's a... It, this is just an indication. When we talk about the Internet of Things, that's what I'm going to geek out about here today. Is this, <laughs> this going to geek fourth, out already? I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> and and this this is kind of the second wave. You know, the Internet itself was in theory a way of connecting people and information with each other, and that was regardless of time and regardless of distance. And it was quite a remarkable thing. I remember when it was first uh, available and I would be looking at a document and going, whoa, look at this. It's in Scotland and I can read it here on yeah. my computer. I mean, that's, you know, just amazing to me. Yep. And, and Or you could send an email in real time and somebody around the world at no charge could respond to you. And then you start getting videos. And I remember being in China and they sent me together the the emails for the news feed. And I was so nervous about it. How could that possibly happen? And sure. they were coming in from South America and okay. the U.S. And it was it was like a miracle. Uh-huh. So we're just showing how old we are. But at this point, <laughs> we're... This no, was, actually, we're not. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay. So we're starting this. We, we created this thing where three and a half billion people on the planet could be connected together, interconnected together. There are positives. There are negatives about that. But the Internet of Things say, okay, we're not going to just be communicating amongst people. We're going to be communicating amongst things, devices, electronic devices. Refrigerators and, and well, air that's, conditioners that's and the one hot they water always, tanks. Yeah, they talk about your refrigerator is going to know if you need to order ketchup. I think that's one of those silly, dumb things that people point to like I, I think I can figure out if I need ketchup or not without I don't know sometimes you run out of my refrigerator okay <laughs> and it's not necessarily the end of the world but there are currently about 27 billion devices connected to the internet so we've got three and a half individual devices yeah and these are things wow. we're talking about things like smoke detectors you know if the smoke detector goes off in your home it can now call your cell phone it can call the fire department. You've got these ring doorbells, you know, that have cameras. If somebody comes to your door, you can see who it is, whether you're home or not. That's kind of the beginning of the Internet of Things. Um, we, we talk about those on an individual home level where you've got thermostats that can know if you're in the home. If you are in the home, it's going to set it at some temperature. If you're not in the home, it's going to set it to another. Mm -hmm. Some Even, people have robots that talk to you and yeah. send out. Some people have toys that. Well, and vacuum cleaners. What's that? Zumba or something? So, I don't know. Yeah, we don't even have a functioning actual vacuum cleaner, <laughs> let alone no, the dogs. a robotic. Yeah. <laughs> the dogs oh, are... it's on the floor. Come on over here. <laughs> yeah, it's Look edible. It. So, so these are the smart home ideas thermostat control, air conditioning, heating control, lighting control, security alarm. Gosh, that's going to take up a lot more energy too, isn't it? Well, these are fairly low energy devices, but um, they're, they add a layer of complexity, I think. And we'll get into that about some of the downsides of this. But when these things are being promoted, 
this is the upside. You know, you, you've got this way of monitoring and it's not only you, because then it would just be a device communicating with another person. It's devices communicating with other devices. But why would I want to do that? I mean, I don't like the way that feels. Well, okay. Let's say your smoke detector goes off. Wouldn't you like them to call the fire department? And you may not be home, but you just assume your house didn't burn down. So that's my the house theory. won't burn down. Well, okay, but a, <laughs> a different kind, a of. proverbial. All right, home. a proverbial. Okay, not everybody I'm lives just in being houses a smart aleck. made out of mud. So anyway, so those are the things. But then it can go extend beyond the home. Now you can get into the Internet of Things as it refers to smart cities. So, for instance, you could have uh, streetlights that are monitoring the traffic on the streets and synchronize themselves on an ongoing basis so that you're not sitting at a red light all the time when nobody else is over there. They can they can create traffic flow. Or maybe the lights wouldn't be on if nobody was walking or driving. Yeah, that, those are ideas. Or um, parking spaces that let you know they are now empty. And that's that's a big deal in some cities. They estimate as much as 30% of the traffic in major cities are people driving around looking for a parking space. That's true. That's true in lots of even small towns. Sure. So if you had a parking space open up and all of a sudden it notified your phone, well, then you and 700 other people can try and rush <laughs> in race there. Race and crash into each other. <laughs> that was That's... mine. I got it first. Or you'd probably get premium service where you get notified That's three minutes right. before others. Anybody you know. else, guaranteed. So we've got these smart city ideas that extends it beyond. You can have the smart electrical grid. That's something we've talked about a little bit in previous shows, where the whole electrical system in the United States can be um, determining what loads are coming up, how do we service these loads, how do we um, delay loads, for instance, if somebody sets their dishwasher to say, okay, run when there's energy available, don't run when there's not. Yeah, a lot of places um, are doing that. Or your hot water tank, you know, they've sure. been doing that for many years. That's a good example. Right. And then the great next frontier, which everybody likes to talk about when they're on the um, in all of the trade journals is is the human body, like the internet. Oh, geez, things. never going to happen for me. Oh, well, not for you, but uh, I'm not going to do it. But for instance, um, pacemakers, heart, heart monitors, these things can send real time data out there to your doctor. If there's a emergency, it's that kind of like I've fallen and I can't get up kind of thing. Only you don't have to press the little button right. and say I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, but you know what? I'm probably getting ahead of you. But my first thought is the thing that you were listening to about yeah. hackers okay. and how they can ahead. hack. Yeah. Okay, I'll wait. Yeah, we'll talk about the downside. But right now I'm trying to show you this is the promise. This is where it's going. Are you happy about this? Uh, I mean, this is a moral issue. Some things, some things. Uh -huh. I mean, I like to be able to pick and choose. Um, can you? Well, uh, to, to bet, a limited extent, again, you're getting into some of the downside because I live in an area where we're still waiting for dial-up telephones. So, you know, <laughs> this Internet of Things has all these promises, but these promises rely on an underlying infrastructure. Yeah, they're mostly for urban. That in much of the country doesn't exist. And when you say they're mostly urban, well, in the inner city, they're not there either. So they're no. mostly middle-class um concentrated, relatively wealthy neighborhoods. 
that's that's what they're for. Well, we won't have to worry then. No, no, <laughs> those those people move out when we move in. You know, that's right. <laughs> so we so, have goats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well they they're probably they're hacking. They're the ones. Uh, the goats are hacking. hacking. So, so this is some of it. Uh, so we've talked about uh, your smart home, your smart city, your smart medical body in theory, you know, insulin um, injections, you know, they have those where you have an implant pump. yeah, yeah pump. that pumps mm-hmm. and, and monitors your blood glucose levels or whatever. I'm talking about things I don't know, but, uh, but then they monitor it and adjust for it. And so, so, so this is the promise. But what could go wrong? I mean, <laughs> what if it doesn't function yeah. properly and it gives you too much or not enough? Well, not enough, okay. you would know, but well, I got. I, I want to give you a couple of other examples because some of these things get kind of silly. Before we get into the what will go wrong, because you know anything devised by mankind is devised to not work the way it was devised. You know, well, not to send us off track, but really, you know, the problem with this is that it's still based on the idea that technology will cure all. Oh, sometimes it does. Like, what did it cure, really? Well, if I want to drive to California, a car is helpful. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean modern technology. Cars have been around oh, for a hundred well, years. It's fairly but... modern in the in the global. Scheme All right, of but I but I, I'm serious. I I feel like this is saying okay, okay. We'll just put all of our all of our cards in one basket, okay. and it every will be... time I give you a positive, you're going to jump in <laughs> with the with the negative Nelly here. But and there would be plenty of time for that because there are an awful lot of negatives. But this is this is the big one: um, location tracking. Location tracking is oh, going to be huge. It already is. I know it already is, but this, I mean, you ain't seen nothing yet, Gomer. Men, you know? <laughs> men track women with okay. their phones okay. and okay. hurt now them. Now you're talking stalking, but I'm talking about. <laughs> what do you call it? Well, there are a lot of legitimate it's reasons to track things. Like I want to track my package. Okay, right. Well, well, that already happened. Packaging, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, a store may want to track its inventory. Did it get misplaced on the shelf? I need to know where right? these things the are. The library tracks their know? books. Yeah, library. that's already happening. Uh, truckers, they're being dispatched and every vehicle has a tracking device so that their boss can know that they're not sitting by the side of the road, you know, sleeping. Lollygagging. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's a lot of tracking going on, uh, an awful lot. Um, of course, there's uh, when you talk about planting the environment, you know, farmers, all of this, you could have soil monitors that are monitoring in real time how much moisture is in the soil. They're already doing nutrients. that. I, they everything have, here they is, have is huge doing tractors that think for you so that they just hook up to another tractor, don't even need a human being in it. Right. Well, but that's that's like basically there you're talking about GPS. So you're vehicle is communicating with the gps system right. and that's part of the internet of things um you've got there there's really this is a real thing garbage cans that are <laughs> connected to the internet and right. let the garbage person know when they're full do they have names uh, <laughs> like george huey, and harry huey louie and dewey was yeah, it, yeah. wasn't that silent running or something that movie where the little robots they all look no little, huey dewey and louie are the ducks i know i know but that's they were named after Donald oh Thomas i Matthews. see okay so we're, we're three <laughs> generations of references here i so. don't know i don't know that movie so that now another thing which would drive you and me and everybody hopefully absolutely bonkers is is targeted advertising but they're now, already doing that too. Okay, I know. 
I said everything that we're do- talking about exists, but it's just in its infancy. Oh, that's gross so, because all you have to do is look at something online and suddenly the on the side of your screen, it starts promoting to you all the different right. companies that want to sell you something. Yeah, usually something you've already bought. Like so, I asked so you, you the other day, it. have you been looking at harmonicas? <laughs> yeah, suddenly they decided I needed rhythm in my life or something. Maybe <laughs> well, I was, you do. <laughs> I, maybe I played a Bob Dylan song or something. <laughs> So, and then there's um, things like, uh, yeah, so so the targeting advertising. You're walking through a store and every little display goes and modifies what it shows you based on what you just looked at or what or you what just you were thinking. Or what you were thinking. About the, that could be You're going to put a chip on you that will be able to connect with. Mm-hmm. It's true. I could see it happening. I don't know if it's happening, but it just a little chip up by your brain and then sure. it would just be able to talk to all those little monitors and tell you exactly what to do or mm-hmm. isn't that like virtual reality no the virtual reality would be a whole different thing but but you are talking about you know how are you going to monitor we don't necessarily need a chip embedded in our body we've got the silly phone that people don't go anywhere without and that's yeah. basically a little chip in their body that they don't leave home without So anyway, at this point, I wanted to just take a break here and remind everybody that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you that it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And after this conversation, I say, thank God. Thank God. Okay. Well, it is the end of the world as we know it. I mean, the way we have done things. This Internet of Things is going to change everything in ways so much more dramatic than the Internet of Internets did. You know, Um, this is... So this there'll is, be no privacy anywhere. Well, yeah. It's like 1984. You can't, you, there's one oh, corner in the closet. Yeah, but in 1984, there was a corner. No, you're not going to have a corner to hide no, in. It'll be all, <laughs> all curves. No, and, and, and of course, a lot of people will think this is great. I mean, a lot of people tell everybody every day what they had for breakfast, you know, so on, on Facebook and think that that's newsworthy. So I think a lot of people will give up that privacy for the convenience that that all of this. Ind- okay, so let's get into the downside. Okay, I, right. I tried to talk about the upside of the Internet of Things, but you wouldn't let me. So now <laughs> I'm so powerful. Now at this point, <laughs> this point, now I'm going to start agreeing with you. Okay, that'll be the okay. day. Now, to me, the first and foremost thing that bothers me about this is absolute and total information overload. You know, I I think people don't take a break, you know, to sit and actually think at all. I mean, you just notice people sitting there. Well, they don't just sit there and look at the breeze and, and, and feel the breeze, look at the birds or whatever. They're looking at their friggin' phone, you know? I mean, that's... That's in America. I was shocked when I was in Europe and people were sitting on the subway train and they were reading books. Yeah. Well, that's information as well. But anyway, that's a that's a more sedate way of, of getting information. But at this point, you are just inundated all yeah. the time yeah. with sensory overload. There's a lot of studies that show that humans were never meant to have that kind of stimulation. Sure. And that it's detrimental and going to shorten lifespan tremendously. Yeah, well, your brain gets tired. Your brain gets over. Well, the body gets tired of the stress of it. Uh huh. And I think that tends to reflect itself in people's moods. 
you know, in the use of, of drugs to cope. Oh, their behavior in general, issues, frustration the levels. The way they drive their cars when I'm around. Yeah, anxiety. Uh, that's a big problem. Well, let's not talk about yeah, how you Yeah, when drive. we talked about the Internet of Things, <laughs> uh, we never even did mention smart vehicles. I mean, when smart vehicles get Oh, that's get terrifying. There, that's terrifying. I don't know. You know, I've thought about that a bit, about smart vehicles, because the way people <clears throat> drive, machines can't be worse. All right, you but know? if you have machines that are in tuned into or tuned into your thinking and your intellect, that machine could get mad just like you do. Like, okay, go faster, <laughs> go turn there and ram into that car. No, I, no, I don't think it's I, good. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I think, I think there are opportunities for these machines to break down, but there are certainly opportunities for human beings to break down while they're driving. So that's less of a concern to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm kind of ambivalent to the whole mm -hmm. self-driving vehicle thing. Well, one thing that I'm not ambivalent about, I've thought about this a lot at different times when you bring up these things, is it feels like we're just like the telephone or the toaster. We are the product. Right. Yeah. Well, And we're being bought a, and sold. Sure. There's a saying that that if if you don't pay anything for the product, then you are the product. You know, well, a we lot pay, of these, but we're, we're but still a lot the of these apps that people use. People download software apps on their phone. They think they're free, but you are really the product. Yeah. What they're doing is tracking, tracking your behaviors and selling that, tracking your information about where you are, your location. Why does your flashlight need to know where you are? You know, well, well we, th it doesn't, but they need to know. They want that information. They want to know, know how many you chickens are. you're checking on in the middle of the night. Well, I think they're just mostly wanting to know um, who when knows it, what people are out there, who downloaded it. Um, maybe know. the darn thing actually takes a video and you don't even know it. Could be. Could be. I know that your phone will monitor your conversations, even if mm -hmm. you don't, if you're not using it. So these are issues, um, big data issues like. There's an example of a chat room. Chat room's a bit of an old um, term they at this point. They still say that. But, but where people were discussing medical issues and basically what the company that was hosting the chat room was doing is gathering all the information about the individuals as they discussed it and then supplying that to drug providers, insurance providers, uh, so that if you said, I think I've got colon cancer or whatever, all of a sudden your insurance rates go up because you, or you get that. canceled. Yeah. Or they cancel your insurance, you know? Um, so, so that's a certainly something you didn't think was going to happen when you unburdened yourself to your fellow, you know, people on that same interest group. So, so those are issues. Those are real issues. And that gets to your privacy issues, you know? There is no such thing as privacy anymore when you're living online. Well, I think it also becomes moral issue because isn't it immoral to treat people like that? <laughs> you think morality has anything to do with No, this? but That's I do think point. it does. No, I, 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 I do think it does. And I think this is what we have to give as our sort of bottom line when we think about using these kinds of techniques and technologies is, is this morally bankrupt kind of behavior? Well, and I think because all of this is new, the internet itself is only, what, uh, 30 years old? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's relatively new and it's always evolving. We don't quite, as a society, as individuals, understand the implications of what we're doing or how to cope. 
you know, the whole thing that we've just run through with the latest uh, um, political uh, processes where the so-called, in quotes, fake news. Okay, well, there are stories out there that are simply not true. Well, we haven't learned yet as a society how to come to grips with the fact that we're constantly bombarded with information and we don't know if it's true or it's not true. You know, we used to believe if Walter Cronkite told us something, it was probably true. Um, we had faith in those institutions. Well, now those institutions are gone and replaced with, with a uh, cacophony of, of sound. You know. you know, here's the thing as humans, we don't seem to learn anything because <laughs> look at the atomic bomb. You know, they said we had no idea our technology would be used like that. Baloney. <laughs> you know, the first thought that would come to anybody who had a thought would be, man, you could blow up a lot of stuff with that. Sure. And it's the same with this. You well, know, every technology that has the ability to make your life better typically also has the ability to make your life worse. And we need to come to terms with what is the right balance. All right, but all we don't that. have any choice. This is about capitalism and people, a small amount of people making a ton of money. And I don't see how we influence that. I think it has to come back to our own personal sure. behaviors and saying we're not going to participate yeah, so you as have much choices. as possible. We yeah. don't have a lot of choices. You started out with that. Well, a lot of this pulls us in. We need our phone and anymore, like they came and took our landline now. So we don't have a choice. If And we also have neighbors who don't even have the ability to use a mobile phone. Sure. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is we become technology dependent because a lot of these tools um, begin to be so ubiquitous that the 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 analog or the reliable backup disappears and you become totally dependent upon this a good example was i was teaching a class at a, at a site uh, off site and all of the lighting in the building is controlled by a central computer there are no light switches in this building and we were meeting on the weekend and they couldn't figure out how to get a hold of a person to program the lights so that we had lights in this building when we needed to have lights. Why'd they get rid of the switch? You know, I mean, come on. Give but us this is a common problem in a lot of new schools and things too. They can't sure. figure out how to make the heating and air conditioning work properly. Well, and the reality is technology breaks down. Technology always breaks down. We have to have some reliable way of walking over and just flipping a switch. Also, we need human beings to be able to do things simply and not just have somebody who, one person who knows how to program something. Yeah, well, and that's another issue. <laughs> You're leading me into these issues. People become, as this technology becomes ubiquitous, you get more and more disconnected from the world you live in. You know, oh, Well, we're the product. We don't have to think. Yeah, but they, I don't know how to turn on the lights. Yeah. I don't know how to turn off the water. What if you walk into a bathroom and the water is running? Well, it's an automatic sensor. I can't turn it off. You know. Um, well, there's a water. There's a water turn off somewhere. Somewhere. But we. But we don't. don't most people don't know that today. You do right. too. But no, you but know. But I'm most people don't out. even know where that is in their own home. I'm Where's the shutoff valve? Yeah. That that these things are now outside of our realm of control, 
And we don't even know how to fix them. We don't know how to work on them. We don't know how to how to do anything. We don't know how to turn them on and off. They're automated. Okay, I got one question okay. just to end this. Just one question. Is how do we transfer this into or translate this into resiliency as humans? Well, I guess what you're going to have to do is, again, make choices and say, all right, if you don't give me the ability to control my world, I will not participate in your product. And yeah, that's going to be inconvenient. I won't be able to get iTunes on my lawnmower. You know, well, okay, fine. I never you thought know? of that. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, you got to suffer somewhere. I know, know so, it's pitiful. So, so these are issues that we're going to have to deal with. But this is part of our maturing as as a society that's interacting with with smart things and we once you get into this internet of things now you start beginning to put on top of that artificial intelligence where these things that are interacting with you and each other are learning as they're interacting and we already see that like with predictive uh, software when you're typing something and it tells you oh, the I word that auto you're correct yeah, oh, my and you're God. like I didn't want to say that I didn't want to say especially that especially when they give that. you a anatomically yeah. correct part. Well, what about if you come home and your door says, no, you don't come home at this time. You must be an intruder. And you go, no, I'm me. I want in my house. No, I'm sorry. I have decided you're not who you say you are. I'm going to keep you from mm -hmm. coming into your house. And, you know, that's very, very likely. But what about the hackers that can control your heart valve or your sure. insulin pump? You yeah. know, they're going to extort from you. Well, there's a lot They'll of kill issues. You. <laughs> when you're connected, when you're connected to the, to the cloud, basically you are no longer like I live in a small town. So the only one who's going to rob my house is somebody who's physically in my town. You know, I'm connected to a worldwide environment right. of people who want to do me harm. Yeah. All yeah. the time. It's yeah. all about money. Sure. So they can rob me, even though I live in a tiny town in Ohio, you know, mm -hmm. and they may be in Belarus, for yeah. all I know. Yeah. Uh, or let's they were talking in the book I recently read about long distance assassination. You know, if I have a pacemaker in my chest, somebody could hack into that and, and give like 600 volts directly to my heart, kill me be nowhere around, no way of Nobody tracing. would know. No, or insulin pumps. I could give an, a lethal injection. And they showed it, a hacking thing of a guy who demonstrated you could do that to everyone who has this device within a 25-mile radius. Okay, well, you would say, why would anyone do that? Well, why? why well, why did they hack they into your computer and do stupid things or just because they can? It's a terrorist attack or whatever. Yeah, it's just yeah. a way of disrupting your society. And, and I think the other issue around artificial intelligence, voice and video interaction with these devices is it is just another level of dumbing down human beings. They don't have too far to go. Uh, well, that's true. But we just had an election. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we no longer have to know how to read. We no longer no. have to know how to think. We don't. No, clearly. Oh, that'd be terrible <laughs> so, not to so, be able to read. Yeah, I mean, these. if you just say, Alexa, you know, what is the capital of Mongolia? Well, how much did that take? How much research? You, well, you to, don't know if she's right. You will accept it, even if she's wrong. Oh, I'm no good at that. I argue with the GPS woman. Yeah, but most people will drive. Uh, there's been case after case, people driving into the desert because their GPS system told them there was a road there. And they, they die. So 
People are very willing to accept whatever's on their screen. They're sheep, mostly sheep. Okay, well, leaving it at that, (laughs) I will uh, say that you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. want to thank our producer, Adam Rich, and we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and today you should eat your vegetables. Yeah, dumb vegetables. Till next time. I know the stars are dancing in the firelight. Soon we'll be together, and all will be revealed. Mother Earth will sing, and her children will be healed. See the morning glory blossom in the night. I know the stars are dancing. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueroxstation.com.